0: Is data now a weapon? Is it the way forward?
1: Is data a window into our future? Is it the new oil? Is data a geopolitical game changer?
0: Is it a friend or foe to American democracy? Also
1: need for confined space permit. How do we know? How do we know anything?
0: Welcome to Data Reveal.
1: Hey, Mark here. Quick shout before we get started. Just as a guide, we're going to introduce and conclude each episode with some takeaways and some big themes. So this week's theme for our first episode and maybe for the whole season or series is Think Big, Start Small. One of the best program managers I ever worked for, worked with, used that and was really a leader in change, making an organization, an IT organization specifically, Uh, do new things, stretch the people, stretch the whole sort of way we did projects, think big, start small. I can commend that to you. Also, as we try to pinpoint improvements, here's a secret. It's not about having the right answers. It's about knowing how to raise the right questions. Probing questions of yourself are the key to change. But having the courage to ask questions about biases and gaps and errors around you that's the next level. That's how you become a change agent. And when you bring data to that process, you can be a systemic change agent. You can be a visionary. You can do things with data that reveal the truth. Truth that maybe is inconvenient or truth that's maybe just hidden. And when you have that, you can bring people together and you can drive change. That's what we're going to talk about. And that's what we're going to conclude with. Questions that start small, but maybe don't end so small. Welcome to the Data Reveal podcast. My name is Mark Fideli, Courtney Hastings, Andrew Churchill. Welcome. Hi. Thrilled to be here. Well, this is our maiden voyage, our first episode. So what we wanted to do is talk about data reveal. We have guests lined up. We have folks that are talking about AI, folks that are going to talk about law enforcement and where sort of human performance is going and risk, the multi-cloud, all kinds of stuff. But More than anything, there's a real intent in this podcast to humanize data and tech in general, data obviously at the heart of that. So what we hope everyone that enjoys this podcast and comes back for more, what you take away is that as the world is being remade in data's image, we have a chance to remake the world in a more humane image. And I think that's what brings us here together today. So we're excited to kick this off. Before we get started on the topic of today, just some basic ideas. My name, again, Mark Fideli. So we are the Click federal team, representatives of the team. We are sharing our opinions. We are not speaking for the company, but we do share a common vision specifically around the human AI sort of which comes first story. Click is very interested in humans leading with data, in people using data, and so for those of us who have kind of an orientation, a stance on data, it's it should help people do what people do well, and hopefully offload some of those tasks that we don't want to do, and machines can do really great. So we're we're here to not avoid controversial topics, but we also are going to be fairly transparent, and uh, we're. Bad ideas are able to be exposed by data. We're really interested in that. We want to have biases and, and wrong thinking and bad ideas exposed by data so that we can get better, not to demonize, but to uh, to include. So that's, I think, part of leading with data. And I think, Courtney and Andrew, you guys will agree that we uh, love the tech, but we love the people even more. And that's that's why we're here. 100%. On board. So I think the first question I want to ask uh, – why are we here, right? What's the uh, what's the goal? What what I I guess put the the question to each of you is, you know, tell me about yourself. I'll, I'll tell you guys everybody a little bit about myself and my background, but jump right in. What what do you want to be revealed in this podcast? What do you want to learn as we engage our, our guests and talk about the topics that come up? And for everybody paying attention at home, we're not going to be super structured. We all have plenty of experience to bring to this. So we're really opening the dialogue, trying to push the creative envelope of thinking about data, but uh, also learning. So just go around, what do each of you want to sort of see revealed through the podcast? And what do you want to reveal maybe about yourself or about your experiences? And uh, if we all go around and then introduce ourselves, uh, that'll get us started. Courtney, over to you.
0: Hi, (laughs) I'm Courtney. So what I want revealed is sounds really Pollyanna, and I say it all the time, so this team's probably tired of hearing it, but all of the cool things that the government is doing with data and technology, I think that there's particularly now a lot of um, skepticism about what the government does with data, what commercial companies do with our data, but truly organizations like Click are doing fantastic things. Government agencies are doing really life-changing things with data. And yes, there are governments out there that are doing things with data, but ours is not one of them.
1: Awesome. And would you dare say what you would want to reveal?
0: I will. Um, It's embarrassing, but three years ago, I didn't even know what a dashboard was, or at least how to make one. My at my previous job, my boss asked me one day to put together a dashboard to visualize the results of a state and local government marketing campaign that I was doing, and I had no idea where to start. Um, and fast forward to today, it's you know the sort of backbone of everything that I do, every decision that I make.
1: Awesome. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who hear data and think they have to have like a computer science degree or a technical degree or somebody else is doing the work in data and that's changing fast. So Andrew, you've been in the tech space for a minute. Tell us a little bit about you, you know, your orientation towards data and then our two big questions. What do you want revealed in the podcast and what would you dare
2: reveal in our time together here? Sure. uh, So yeah, I, I... Kind of stumbled into federal IT after college and uh, found it to, to be a place uh, full of, of opportunity and you know important missions. Spent uh, the better part of the last twenty years really in the data space. Last nearly seven here at Click. The thing that I love most about working here is how engaged we are with the folks at the front lines, the the mission side. I've spent plenty of time in the back office and uh, just have to say that you know, what's most interesting about analytics is the opportunity to interact with those that are really leading the mission, transforming the way that uh, that it is executed. So you know, for me, what, what I want revealed in this podcast isn't that far from what Courtney shared, and it's it's the stories and the the outcomes, and but with an interest in really making sure that we highlight what great work is going on, so that others can take advantage of, of those those efforts and those lessons learned that so many of these organizations uh, have achieved. In terms of you know what what I want revealed, you know, personally is I, I hope that through our conversations, my, my real sincere interest and excitement about this work comes through and that I really consider myself, and again, going back to that first statement, to be a student every single day that that I'm engaged. I, I, I love the opportunity to learn from our customers, from our partners, and uh, I hope to do more listening than talking on this uh, podcast, and and learn some some new tricks. That's fantastic. And what what I love about what both of you said,
1: the the learning process just it's, you plateau, and then a new technology comes along. And one we've talked about a lot this week, robotic process automation. I don't know why that's been a hot topic. You know, a few weeks ago, might have been something related to sort of correlating geospatial data. But right now, the idea that human thinking, like heuristics and that whole space of turning typical routines into things that can scale out, uh, that reduces the sense that, you know, AI is this thing in the sky or data is being consumed by, I don't know, the deep state or some group that's going to turn it against us. It's actual normal people doing normal work with uh, these new advantages that, a, make work more enjoyable, right? You see progress, like fast. And then automating things, I mean, even like contract closeout, so simple, right? But our government has so many rules that we allow or even support in probably for good reason, but it creates all these autom- these steps that once you automate them and you know you're checking the boxes and closing out these contracts accurately, it saves taxpayer's money, it reduces the amount of management time, it reduces the chance for sort of fraud, waste and abuse while things are just sort of lingering out there. So there's tangible real-world benefits once you get out of data and get into okay, what is this stuff technically enabling actual the workforce to do. And so that basically said, what do I want to reveal? I want to reveal interesting use cases, right? Like get break them apart, really understand the ins and outs. My my background Ten years, well, twenty years in tech. The first five was sort of in venture capital. So I worked with uh, folks who thought about the DC market as a place to do like a security startup or sell a capability to the government, and then pivot out to you know the broader, bigger financial space or healthcare consumer. And I, you know, I worked with some folks that have had some amazing successes, successes at Facebook, successes with sort of internet streaming companies. And yet what I always felt drawn to, maybe it's because my dad was in the, the state and local government workforce is just the mundane but important work of government getting things done. So I s- sort of stuck around here. So I, I want to reveal use cases that maybe don't get the light of day because they don't sound like people going to the moon or you know you know doing things on this side of the world. Uh, that ripple effects throughout the world. It's just sort of the basics of building a better world. But the other thing that I I want to reveal is I also think very broad about data and kind of the, the last 10 years of my work in national security sort of as an advisor and sort of leading consulting teams. We definitely are in a time where the autocrats who use data to oppress their people or manipulate things are looking at the U.S. and thinking, hey, your guys' processes are too slow. You're not trying to operate at sort of the speed of a more dictatorial kind of uh, political structure. And that's not like a joke. Like, that's really happening. And it's in the headlines. And we know who it's about. And we know what I mean. And if we don't get ahead of some of those real important use cases on how we make decisions without losing our values, uh, I think we're going to lose lose a lot. So I have been developing over 20 years, but especially 10 when I was a consultant over these last 10 years is sort of a methodology for taking kind of like how the brain works and how the digital world works and to kind of optimize some, I don't know, sense-making skills that we have. And I especially care about young people learning from them. They're natives of the digital world. I could talk about this forever. So the ability to con- combine sort of cognitive and digital and generational change together. I want to talk about that because the book that I have, fantastic publisher, Blooming Twig, they've given me a great foundation to actually, as a first time author. But what I've learned is you can't contain these ideas in one book. It's really about helping people, not putting in something on a shelf. So excited to talk about those things. So I want to level up as we reveal uh, also. So I think there's three themes that we want to cut across or have cut across all our episodes. One is data literacy. we want to talk about that now. Two is use cases. We've just talked about that. Everyone knows it's, you know, how do you apply technology? And then third, because I'm responsible for alliances and I care a lot about this, is how do you level up your alliances? How do you work with teams? So we want to spend a lot of time on the podcast talking about teams. So Courtney, Andrew, just a sort of open discussion, data literacy, use cases, alliances, of those three, what do you think is the hardest thing for people to get their arms around that, that we can sort of spend time on uh, really sort of with our guests, with our own sort of monologues, et cetera? So where would you start sort of putting a pin on
2: the work that we're going to do here in those areas? Well, I I really think that yeah, data literacy is the you know, the place where you know, there's so much you know, opportunity. There you know, it really uh, is a place where single leaders can really change the way that an organization operates with data. You know, I think we've, we've had the opportunity to witness you know, some of those changes in the time that I've been here working with a few of our customers. You know, one of the syscoms within the Navy, I'll leave them uh, anonymous uh, for the sake of the story, we've worked with over the years uh had tremendous leadership that really valued not only data but the potential in their workforce to make better use of it in support of their mission and they put out uh what was an incredibly simple sort of mission statement and uh some a set of values i think the easiest way to describe it that said that you have the authority, no matter how deep you are in the chain, to go out and work with data, to to bring forward ideas, to to get it wrong even, and that that was going to be part of their culture. And at the same time, that organization started leading their standup briefs in a very different manner uh, from a data perspective, rather than, you know, from a static type of view everyone everyone was held accountable to the data. everyone was ready prepared to to have a conversation about what was going on and how it could be addressed and that was you know that was really a pure leadership thing so when we talk about all of the knobs that we can turn the levers we can pull across this massive enterprise that is the US government this is a real opportunity and I and I I think that you know that whether it's the DOD data strategy or the the larger federal data strategy that has been recognized now what has to happen is almost at the you know uh, white house level someone has to come up with that same you know set of values that you no matter where you are cabinet level leader you're you know down further in the in in the org chart you you're empowered to change the way that we approach things so uh, that that I'm really I'm really excited about that stuff.
0: I agree. I was gonna say data literacy as well, not only because I think it's the one that I understand and relate to the most, um, refer back to my previous data illiterate self from three years ago, <laughs> but also I feel like it is it's foundational to everything else. I mean, I think the success of a data strategy within a federal agency is completely dependent on data literacy. Andrew also mentioned the idea of culture. Uh, Mark and I were just on a previous call talking about, you know, how the culture within, you know, the DoD specifically, but really across uh, federal government agencies can be, you know, tough word data. To keep it to yourself, when the real sort of democratization is what will drive success. So I think this is a great first topic. Plus, it touches, I think, like everything else related to this topic.
1: Yeah. So if I were to sort of talk about getting it wrong for a minute, what I when I hear that, Andrew, you say that, and and Courtney, just the, the the idea that we can connect the dots, if you will, between what we're doing and these bigger picture themes, like our own individual work and the difference that we can make, getting it wrong sounds like, okay, I can fail in front of people and risk embarrassment now because by bringing data to a meeting or to a conversation, I'm trying to contribute to understanding something that it's okay to not understand. Let's, (laughs) if only we could wave the magic wand and from the White House to, you know, everywhere where we work with you know, agencies, the cultures are just ready for that. Devil's advocate. Well, if I do that, I'm getting sort of potentially in the risk zone of exposing a failure, a flaw, a mistake that somebody else could, could you know, be exposed or, or show that they're not doing a great job. How do we counter that? Like, well, transparency sounds great on paper, but our culture is just not ready for that. Is it? Rip the band aid off and just start doing you know leaders just need to start stepping out, or is there a sort of an incremental approach to just hey, like they say in the rest of industry, fast fail right we we know in other sectors tech is really really good at doing that do we do we want to say that that's okay for our government to really be
2: accepting of failure and then quick learning is that okay is that okay Mark I think it i mean. <laughs> Goes back into one of your uh, other favorite topics that I'm sure we'll address at some point in this podcast, which is that balance of you know risk versus speed, risk versus you know reward. We're operating in a sector that has an inherent (laughs) opportunity to (laughs) really open Pandora's box. Uh, We've we've got a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of important data, the people's data national security data and like when we talk about this opportunity to sort of take risks it's got to be with some guardrails right I mean that that can't happen you know just without any governance but I think within those confines it's it's the and I, I was able to find this mission statement that I took a picture of several years back and when I was visiting uh, this customer site and I think the thing that uh, does enable that is this culture of trust. And so the team trusts uh, each other and their leadership, such that work is done in the open. Challenging of assumptions is expected, and everyone has the permission to fail forward. So when you talk about that, it's you know it, it really still you're operating within a uh, the, the confines of of the mission, but you are able to challenge the status quo. And you know the the leaders that empower they are. Uh, the question of, well, why have we always done it this way are going to be the ones that I do think bring forward the the next generation of of great capabilities, advancements, and and new leaders. That's fantastic. So,
1: Courtney, you read a lot. You're seeing a lot of different stories in the marketplace about federal but commercial, too, like breakthroughs in data and innovations. Have you seen examples where... Anyone is rewarded for not (laughs) doing what Andrew just said, right? Like, obviously, like, we all do it, right? It's a default to not expose ourselves. But, I mean, literally, you read hundreds of articles a week. Is there any that says hiding and hoarding your data and keeping it to yourself ever really moves the mission forward?
0: I love this topic because it's really personal to me. I am an incredibly risk-averse person. But I am also someone that operates slowly on the most efficient path from X to Y. So I'm constantly, personally balancing speed and risk in my mind. But to answer your question, no, I feel like even within the federal government, there is not punishment for trying to make progress. I feel like, and I also feel like you have to sort of define what the risk is because, you know, we're talking about you know, risks when it comes to cyber attacks or the pandemic. But within the government, there are also much less dramatic risks like sequestration or budget cuts, um, things like that. So I think the way that you balance the speed and risk depends on what the risk is.
2: There are, I mean, you know, there are some unnatural sort of actors in, in our ecosystem, which I would call contracts and subcontracts, which do, in fact, reward a, a a lack of change and a lack of action. I mean, if you're a program manager and you're of a large system, large program, and that your outputs are defined in a contract and your performance against those specific outputs, which could have been defined four years ago, are the metrics by which your success is measured Introducing anything that you know stretches your resources and perhaps puts at jeopardy your ability to, to again execute specifically against the contract-defined things. There is a reward for for not changing, for not taking risk, not looking at doing something a different way, and uh, you know, that that is a that's a that's a headwind that is definitely in our in our market. That's good. Well, listen, that's its own
1: episode. That's a series of episodes. So I think that's a good pause point. I'll say, what does Data Reveal want to do? It's what you just heard. We want to unearth the things that stand in the way of mission success of people using data to its and their full potential. And when we can uncover, I'll say it's systemic risks, right? Things that cause whole systems to be held back because of certain cultural behaviors, not sharing data, or, or abiding by laws that limit your risk tolerance, not because a leader is personally averse to that, but because there might be some structures that were built for the pre-digital age. That's stuff that, that we want to reveal too and talk about, to be constructive And because we have a responsibility, we see a lot. We're aware of a lot of use cases that are out there, and it wouldn't be right to be on the side of creating an imbalance between speed and risk, right? We want to press forward. Human intuition, I'll say this, this is sort of my religious theme, if you will. The brain is the fastest processor of diverse information. If our systems are getting closer to just how we naturally process diverse things wrap context around it, if we can get better at using data just in natural, normal ways and setting up our systems to make natural, normal decisions, we're on the right track, right? That's proven. And where there are you know, cost schedule performance constraints and programs that limit that, you know, let's talk about solutions. There's no need to demonize program managers that have every incentive to do it a certain way. Let's talk about the incentive structure itself. Let's talk about the laws. Let's talk about systems. And those are things that, you know, I'll close on this great book, Kevin Hannigan's book, Turning Data into Wisdom. It's just not wise to have systems that hold back our ability to be productive, to be efficient, to field systems that work and that have feedback loops in them. There's no reason to be ashamed of changing mid-course, but if your structures don't allow it, then let's talk about the structures. So, that's one of our goals, and uh we'll make that part of our mission and With that, Andrew Courtney, any wrapping thoughts as we uh get
2: ready for episode two Well mark I'm excited to be uh starting on this journey with both of you i'm I'm certain that we'll uh noodle on some interesting ideas and maybe uh come up with some some brilliant thoughts that uh we can share along the way
0: yeah for sure same.
2: Thanks, everyone. Until next time, Mark Fideli here. That's a wrap.
1: All right, last thoughts as we wrap up. What are you prepared to learn? What are you prepared to reveal? It's easy to see what we want to see in the world around us. But if we're going to be the change we want to see in the world, we have to learn to ask the deeper questions and let the data reveal even what's uncomfortable. That's how we grow. That's how we change. That's how we learn about the people behind the buzzwords. We hear a lot in Washington and around our government that's political, but underneath that, there are people everywhere working hard, using data, trying to make the world better. They deserve our support. They deserve our challenge and our confrontation when they fall short. But all of us are in this together. We're connected. And now, if we're prepared for that, we're going to use data differently. That's the big reveal. That's the takeaway. We look forward to seeing you next time.